Hey folks, this is episode number 49 of Secretly Incredibly Fascinating, 4-9, and I can confirm one week from today, when episode 50 comes out, every patron will get sent a piece of digital art from artist Adam Coford, who's done amazing poster work for a bunch of people. Uh, you'll get that poster as digital art. It will celebrate all 50 episodes. I've always wanted that episode to feel like a party. I am thrilled we already got the celebration together. We already have that art-based celebration locked in. And if you're hearing this 49th episode right when it hits the free feed, you are in the final week of the membership drive, seven days to go or less. So please consider making this the week you do it, the week you dive in and join this ever-expanding community. That's the last plug for the drive. Thanks so much for listening to that and to this show in general. Head to sifpod.fun to join in before episode 50, because in the meantime, here's episode 49. Postal codes. Known for being places. Famous for being numbers. Nobody thinks much about them, so let's have some fun. Let's find out why postal codes are secretly incredibly fascinating. Welcome to a whole new podcast episode, a podcast all about why being alive is more interesting than people think it is. My name is Alex Schmidt, and I'm not alone. Matt Kirschen returns to this podcast. You heard him on the episode about Nobel Prizes. Matt is a stand-up comedian and a TV comedy writer, and he co-hosts a tremendous podcast with the great Andy Wood. That podcast is called Probably Science. I'm also joined by a new guest. He's another podcaster. He's also a filmmaker. Justin DeClue co-hosts the podcast No Such Thing as a Bad Movie. He also co-hosts the podcast The Important Cinema Club. I am so glad Justin and Matt are here to talk postal codes with me. And speaking of that, I've gathered all of our zip codes, and in Justin's case, his postal code, and I've used internet resources like native-land.ca to acknowledge that I recorded this on the traditional land of the Catawba, Eno, and Shikori peoples. Acknowledge Justin recorded this on the traditional land of the Haudenosaunee, Anishinaabek, Mississauga, and Wendat peoples. Acknowledge Matt recorded this on the traditional land of the Gabrielino Wartongva and Keech and Chumash peoples. And acknowledge that in all of our locations, native people are very much still here. That feels worth doing on each episode. And today's episode is about Postal Codes. Postal Codes is the top patron pick for the month of June. Many thanks to Maria del Rosario Arguello for that great idea. Also, extra thank you to Caroline Gaston for some, you know, helpful suggestions on keeping this international. Because I'm, I'm originally from the United States, where we have zip codes as our postal code system. Also, there is a richer and better show out there if this is about all the postal code systems, right? Not just the U.S. We will not cover all of them in detail, but here's how I've approached this. I've booked guests with roots in the U.K. and in Canada, and then I've researched beyond those so we can tackle Australia quite a bit, and also so we can tackle the Republic of Ireland quite a bit. 
And kind of right away in the takeaways, this episode explores the general situation of postal codes all across the world. And, and that last thing is what I think makes it truly global. At least one big takeaway on this show applies to your postal code system wherever you are. And I hope you enjoy hearing about all of it. So please sit back or sit in front of your calendar, making a reminder to do a letter to Santa this winter. More about that in the bonus. Either way, here's this main episode of Secretly Incredibly Fascinating with Justin DeClue and Matt Kirshen. I'll be back after we wrap up. Talk to you then. Justin, Matt, thank you so much for being here and doing this. And on every episode, I start by asking guests their relationship to the topic or opinion of it. Either of you can start, but how do you feel about postal codes? Well, I can start. Uh, like many children that grew up uh, sending mail and by consequent postal code was very scary to me. I thought <laughs> that if I sent it out, it's just written like in a pen and then I put it in a mailbox and it gets to where it's going. What if it gets lost? It'll be lost forever. <laughs> and the postal code I later learned was the thing that was like, this is the general area. Even yeah. if you get the name wrong, even if you get it like, you know, close, but not quite, the postal code will direct them in the right place. And that was kind of a, a balm <laughs> on my mind anytime I had to send a letter. Wow. I can't say I have thought nearly as deeply about it as Justin has. Uh, <laughs> Many sleepless nights. I, I can tell you I've lived in both Britain and in America where you have two different systems and the UK one is a lot more specific. That's the only thing I can tell you. <laughs> the UK postal code is like drilled down to, I think, like half a street. Whereas, really? yeah. whereas the American zip code is just like, ah, vaguely. I, c I can also tell you this, by the way. I, I think the UK Postal Service does sort of pride itself on... If you screw up one bit of it, we'll still at least make an attempt to try and find where this letter is meant to go. And there's <laughs> they're like detectives. Oh, yeah. They're like, we will deliver this package. And, and, there, and there's always, uh, you know, there's there's a. I think once every five years or so, there's some there's some like quirky human interest fun story that crops up in the newspapers. <laughs> that something like someone wrote a letter f to someone they met on holiday that was addressed to like uh, Margaret in the red house in or whatever. <laughs> And it'll be like, and some picture of a postman or postwoman, and then just like, hey, we found them. But I can tell you, on the other side of things, in America, uh, I live in Los Angeles, and uh, last year, I don't know, actually, it was two years. I'm, I've written off the last year. Um, right. Two years ago, when when we got engaged, um, oh, uh, some family members. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, some family members tried to send some cards through one of those. You know, like I think it was like Moonpig or one of those services where you just. You know, you don't manually send the card. You sort of you do it on the line, and then it sort of sends the card off. You said Moonpig as if me and Alex were like, yes, of course, it's, Moonpig. We are it, aware it, of the I actually don't know Moonpig. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it is a company where you can send greeters cards of various sorts to to people. And, oh, you know, like you can, a physical card. It's it not sends a card. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah, like rather than an e-card, it actually it prints out a card and then posts it to someone. Now, if it doesn't have like the faces of relatives like dancing on animated figures, yeah. I don't want any greeting cards. <laughs> I, I have a suspicion they might do that as well, but that was... Oh, no, was that Jib Jab? I don't know. Yeah, it's Jib Jab. It's still Is around. It? Wow. I'm shocked every time I receive one. I, I won't lie. When that first came out, that was mind-blowing technology. Because, <laughs> I mean, that was like your head, at, but just on, an, on a dancing elf. What a world. Yeah, and, and he's skiing, and he's doing stuff. Uh, this is amazing. You know, if, if, if you defrosted someone from... 
who'd crash landed their World War One plane into the ice and then show them that. I mean, it just that would be. He's like Moon Pig. The future is now. <laughs> <It's>, um... <laughs> but I can tell you, I I had made a mistake and given my family my my new address where we live together, but with the zip code from my old apartment, which is I'm gonna say like five miles or less than five miles away i've cycled between the two plate like when i right. when i was moving places i actually had you know rather than my bike didn't fit in my car very easily so i just thought well i'll, I'll just cycle between the two and it was about 15 minute bike ride and i'm not a fast cyclist that gives you an idea of the distances involved and the car just never arrived like that was <laughs> wow. the, the, nightmare that was enough like the wrong the wrong zip code but with the correct every other part of the address and I can tell you that there is only one street by this name in Los Angeles, and that was still that, that was still like, well, we have no way. There is no way possibly to solve this mystery. So all we can do is burn this card. Yeah, it went into like the giant yeah. furnace they have of like cards, parcels. Yeah, no <laughs> bounce backs. I mean, for me in the United States, there's only one zip code. It's nine zero two one zero. Right. Every kid oh, when they yeah, were on yeah. the internet knew if you had to fill something out, and it's like you can only do this if you're from the United States. You put in nine zero two one zero and you make up an address. Yeah. Just like they're they're important. There's there's only uh one zip code is nine nine two one zero. There's only one possible briefcase uh, combination code, and that's double oh seven. There is. <laughs> is that do people actually put that as a briefcase code? Are they like I am so cool? Yeah. When they open it up. There's there's no way anyone's gonna crack this mystery. Yeah. No, only only a very stupid person would do that. Click click click. I mean, a person who click 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 would make that click changing it changing it really fast. <laughs> Whoa, Alex has like a bunch of briefcase in front of him while we're recording. I didn't even notice until now. Yeah. I'm ready to split at a moment's notice. I'm out of here. Yeah. This this whole podcast has a very, very strict time limit. And that is... uh... Yeah. That is due to the bomb that he uh, he sets going in at the, the beginning case, of every yeah, episode. We're all like handcuffed to briefcases, yeah. <laughs> and he's like, "If you do well, there'll be a hint through the zip codes we talk about about what the code will be to open those briefcases and get the bombs off." Yeah, and and thank you both for helping me cover a lot of countries because because with your experience and Justin in Canada and and Matt from from the UK, no no single podcast can do every country on earth, but we've got a set of them. I feel good. This is good. Yeah, Canada. U.S., U.K. Those are all the countries, right? Yeah. <laughs> the three kinds of place. Because <laughs> yeah. like, also I did I did a, a membership drive for this show, and then I was mailing people cards and stickers, and I sent them to more countries than that. And anything that wasn't the U.S., I was doing a lot of Googling of like, okay, how does this postcode work? And how do I not mess it up? And I, I was like, child Justin, I was like, I can't fail at this code. I have to get it right. I have to ship packages, too, and sometimes I I'll look and I'll be like, Are, in the Netherlands, is there like an extra line for something? Which one is the village? Which one is the country? I don't know. Shakily putting it into the mailbox. Like, goodbye. I may never see you again. Yeah. <laughs> so they're, uh, yeah, so they're all different and, and I'm glad we can cover a lot of them. And, and it won't just be those three countries I mentioned that we're talking about. But uh, on every episode, our first fascinating thing about the topic is a quick set of fascinating numbers and statistics. And this week, that's in a segment called Every Sum You Take. Do, 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 numeral you make. Do, 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 do. Aggregate you break. Every stat you take, I'll be counting you. 
I'm glad you did the like doot 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 so we could all stay on beat when we were like, right. singing at home as well. <laughs> that went on substantially longer than I was expecting. <laughs> what would you do if you like launched into like another chorus and a verse? <laughs> just saying the whole song. Yeah, it's just like, like a minute, two minutes later, it still goes, okay, you see. <laughs> we just have to sit there awkwardly while he's just. And he changed like all the lyrics too. Like he spent a week rewriting it, like this weird Al right. novelty song. Oh. Right, there's stuff about your lives, and you're like, "That's too much oh, research, yeah. please." Like way uh... too personal. It's like, Justin, I remember on your 11th birthday, you sent a letter. Yeah. it's not even like in the same song. He just mixed a bunch of songs and, together. And then right. stuff you should like, ha- like, and you're wearing blue shorts. How does he even know <laughs> yeah, this? Like, right. How does he know this? <laughs> <laughs> I knew I shouldn't have put up that teddy bear Alex sent me in the, in the office recording. <laughs> well, uh, okay. uh, thank you to Stephen the Lesser for that suggestion. We have a new name for this segment every week. Please make them as silly and wacky and bad as possible. Submit to SipPod on Twitter or to SipPod at gmail.com. And it's a huge numbers and stats section this week because a, a lot of postal codes are numerical and, and there's a lot of them to talk about. And the first number here is... 41,692, and 41,692 is the number of zip codes in the United States. That's according to the USPS. They have just a website with a bunch of stats about themselves. I feel that I'm like, is that too much or not enough? Yeah, <laughs> kind of both, I think. We'll we'll talk about other countries that go way under or over. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm disappointed to find out that it's not 99,999. <laughs> Yeah, like they just ran to the end of the numbers. Yeah, like they. True. It's it, we know it's going to be five digits, so we'll just cover every blade of grass in America with a zip code. I was hoping it'd be nine zero two one zero nine thousand. Yeah, that's the end but... one. That's the end yeah. of the. <laughs> that's where it ends. That's why the show is called that. <laughs> Do you think there's anybody out there that like knows every postal code and knows exactly like oh. what it represents? Like an ancient, powerful oh, postal I'm... worker. Yeah, or, you know, someone who has a lot of time on their hands and really wants yeah, to sure. impress people at parties. Like, what's your postal code? Oh, I know exactly where you live. There's this and this and this. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> but I also like, Alex, your idea of the wizened postal worker, like sitting and he has like scrolls and he had to remember them all because no computer could do it for him. Yeah, he was carrying us as a, as a United States. He was taking care of it. And now, <laughs> yeah, when you look down at the sand, there's only one set of footsteps. It's the guy that knew all 41,000 postal codes he was carrying us through. <laughs> He's like, and the steps are in 37861. Your <laughs> oh, code. Whatever that Those is. Those were the last words he ever said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and also the, the one thing, uh, and I think some people know this, especially if they've moved around the U.S., but... Even even though it's impossible to just mentally know where a zip code is, they kind of run east to west by numbers. So the low end is 00501 in Holtzville, New York. And then the high end is 99950 in Ketchikan, Alaska. Those aren't the, the end points of the country, but they, in general, the numbers go that way. Yeah, I was going to say, it's like, oh, yeah, that New York, that's that's the garbage of the United States. Oh, yeah. That's why we put you on the low end. <laughs> and Ketchikan is full self-actualization, top of the pyramid. Like, yeah, good for them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Keep it up. Uh, yeah, everyone is, like, hovering through the air and stuff like that. <laughs> 
that brings us to a next number here for the number section of one, two, three, four, five. And one, two, three, four, five is a real zip code. It was created as a unique zip code for a like giant headquarters and plant for General Electric in Schenectady, New York. And it turns out many postal systems, including the U.S., like a large institution can request their own postal code and get one. Like really? they'll have it custom made because they get so much mail. Huh. Huh. Yeah. Why would you want like a custom postal code though? Like what specific? It's just a bunch of numbers, right? Oh, and I just think... cool. Just something to show off about at parties. Right. <laughs> yeah, I pick my postal code. You like show the tattoo you have on your arm. Like... Yeah. <laughs> it's my birthday. Right. <laughs> yeah, I th- oh, and I think it's custom, not in like the the vanity license plate sense where you spell something or whatever. It's more just like <laughs> oh. we need our own. Like we just need to possess one so the, the mail is easy. And if we're going to have one, why not have it be one, two, three, four, five? Yeah. yeah. You're like, I want one, two, three, four, five. They're like, you can't have it. It's already taken. It's like, I want it. <laughs> you don't know who you're messing. Like what organizations are like big enough? I guess Amazon to like demand a postal code. Yeah, I guess it turns out the main reason is uh, internal revenue service offices for tax collection. Oh. And that's so that's why, like, uh, that Holtzville, New York, lowest one is an IRS office. Like, there's a bunch of it's all so the government yeah, can get it its is money. It's the garbage of the country. We got yeah. it. <laughs> Do you guys have, because, yeah. like, in um, Canada, if you send a letter to Santa Claus, the postal code is like, ho, ho, ho. So it's like H0, H0, H0. Is there anything like that? Is there like a specific one that you would send it to? I'm sure if you do send it through that, it just goes into a big incinerator anyway. But I like the idea of like that funny postal code. Are there (laughs) any like funny ones you can think of? We'll actually, we'll talk all about Santa letters in the bonus show. That's the whole thing. And Canada's the best. Oh, really? Okay. They're amazing. Is a... Well, then let's save that thought, but I do want to know whether the ho-ho-ho postcode, was that intentional or was that just a lucky coincidence? <laughs> it would be hilarious if it was a lucky coincidence. <laughs> They're like, oh my God, we just landed on this and it used to be something else. I yeah. mean, is there a postal code? I, I don't want to, you know, go into Patreon content, but that spell that spells boobs? Because that's like <laughs> yeah. the, the funny number, right? Oh. Oh, yeah. Does anyone who lives at 58008? <laughs> yeah, Exactly. I mean, I have to it's, Google it right now. Uh, Alex is like quickly searching right now. Oh, um, so there is no eight zero eight eight five. All right, I'm, there I'm is making a giant organization. There's no eight zero eight eight five, but is, is there five eight zero zero eight? So it's the so, upside down boobs. Yeah, there you go. And and to be clear, my source is an IMDb trivia page for a Simpsons episode, but it does say. <laughs> Because it's the first thing I googled. It does say that the town of Barney, North Dakota, is five eight zero zero eight. So they have done the calculator version of of flipping it upside down, Ooh. getting there. Yeah, people laugh every time they put that down on an envelope. Like <laughs> they're the happiest um, town in the country. Yeah. When the next number here is four, because that is the number of digits in an Australian postcode. Hmm. Their postcodes are just four digits, and it's all numbers. Um, and they it feels s- very like sudden when you say it that way. You're like just four, ah, just four, eh? Five seems yeah. like a postal code. Four, not enough. That's that's too small. But also, then you go to my my sister lives in Australia, and I so I did know that because her address has a four at the end. But um, but also when you realize Australia has, I think it's, I think it's under twenty five million people, but also it's mostly desert. What? F- yeah, well, there's like <laughs> five or six cities that have most of the country. <laughs> 
So it's like, all right, so there's only four postal codes. That's why we only need four numbers. Yeah. The rest is like, ah, the desert there, I guess. You know, the big one, the smaller one. (laughs) That is a good question, though, because there must be some, everywhere must have a code. So there must be some, in Australia, there must be like some codes that are a small section of Sydney that contains thousands of people. And then there must be like a code that can, that is hundreds of square miles. (laughs) That has like a couple of houses, maybe, mm-hmm. and uh, and some kind of research station. A hundred feral cats, and that's it. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, that's the feral cats uh, corner. That's uh, the postal code for the feral cats. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, in the UK, Matt, do are there letters in your postal code? There are. So, th- so the way the postal code works in Britain is two letters, then a number, then. Uh, in fact, sometimes two numbers. All right, I'm just then... conf- I'm, I'm already lost. Wait, what? So, what? <laughs> so, so the, the the way it works is abort, abort, <laughs> abort. It, so, like, what I used to live. What one of the places I used to live was uh was N10 3AG, and the N10 is the N means North London. 10 means it's the tenth zone out in North London, and then the 3AG, the last letter and two and sorry number and two letters. That's just like divided into zones. Mm-hmm. What city or major town? is it within the sort of catchment area of, and yeah. that's the first two letters, or first letter or two letters. So, like, London is divided up into a bunch of different ones because it's so big. So there's, like, N, N, W, W, C, like, West Central, South, Southeast, whatever. But most other places would just be, like, one letter or two letters for, like, you know, Bristol, Birmingham, uh, Edinburgh, whatever. And then a number to show what zone out from there it is. So, like, I think ED1 is central Edinburgh, and then, like, ED5 will be, like, a certain distance out from Edinburgh. And then yeah. that zone will be divided into little sub-zones, and that'll be basically drilled down to, I don't know how many houses per street it is, but it's, like, you know, it'll be somewhere, it'll be, like, an air, half of a street. See, in Canada, I'm sure there's a system close to that, but I was just going to say, it's a letter and then a number, and then a letter, and then a number. Right. Very <laughs> simple. Which how you get the ho-ho. Got, yeah, got that's it. how you get the ho-ho-ho. Yeah. And, and I also think, like, American and maybe Australian listeners might be surprised by the whole letters in a postal code thing at all. Like, I, I didn't really know about it until I think I was a, uh, an adult, because you just don't come across it within the U.S. or within Australia. It's You're like, what, what is this foreign place I have to mail something to? There's letters <laughs> yeah. in the postal code? <laughs> And I think the letters also, I think it lets them do a ton of combinations because the next number here is the approximate number of postcodes in the United Kingdom. And according to the Royal Mail in 2016, there were approximately 1.8 million. Right. Holy moly. Which is so they can get intensely specific with a postal code as far as that goes. And then the number for Canada, and this is more of a loose number because it's from a private company that says they have a database, but the number for Canada is over 875,000 different postal codes. So that's a lot of coverage. Like I say, like one post, by the way, I was wrong. Edinburgh is EH rather than ED. I just looked it up. I didn't want to misinform your listeners. Oh man, people were like screaming when you were saying that. I know, people are already, like, like, there's some Scottish listeners who already drafted their angry email. uh, So (laughs) you can delete it. Flipping their desks over. (laughs) But, um, but yeah, you can, just your house number and the postcode is enough to identify where you live if you, if needs be. Hmm. The British one, it can be six to eight characters. There's a space in the middle. And then the Canadian one, it's specifically three letters, three six numbers, to eight. alternating. So they're just like making it up as they go along. They're like, ah, we can have 15. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> so we need to yeah. make some more. <laughs> so the six to eight, the reason is that the the city or town is either one or two letters. 
Mm. So like North London is just N, but mm-hmm. Edinburgh is E H. Yeah. Uh, and then you can ha- and then the number straight after that is either if it's one of the central ones, it'll be like one two three, but it could be as much as like you know, like I said, I used to live in N ten, so that was. Well, Australia's like we get four. We just get four. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Australia has basically a pin number for an ATM. It's like this is my thing. <laughs> exactly. bup, 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 bup. Done. Sit. Oh no! It's one double oh seven again. <laughs> Yeah, who would have that pin number driving to an ATM, driving over <laughs> rapidly? <laughs> I love knowing that with the British postal codes, you can kind of know somebody's neighborhood from that code. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, and with the with the Canadian ones, my understanding is it's it's sort of like the U.S. where you just get an east to west gist from it because the first letter. Yeah, you get like a gist. So like uh, ahead, mine yeah. starts with M. So you know that like people are in like the M section. Um, yeah, of Ontario though. around you, which we recently had to do because when they were giving COVID vaccines, they're like, "Oh, all of these M's can get their first vaccine," and I was like looking, and I'm like, "Ah, mine's not there. I'm surrounded oh. by people that can get it." Oh. Interesting. Yeah, and it's apparently it's yeah. A all the way in the Atlantic, and then Y in the Yukon Territory, and the other letters in between, just that first letter. Does Canada have the equivalent of the phrase "postcode lottery"? No. What does that mean? Which is it's an expression in the UK that's used to mean things like. Uh, depending on where you depending on where you live, and this is something obviously that's universal to most countries. That um, depending on where you live, your your services are varied. Like you know, if you you might have better schools or better hospitals, mm. but the expression for that that often gets used in the press is the postcode lottery. Oh, so like you, you live in the rich area of town. Yeah, exactly. You live in EH three, you get this kind of school, but if you live in EH four, you only have access to this kind of school, or vice versa. But the postcode. I don't know if that's is... much of a lottery. It's more like yeah, there's <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, what are the generational wealth most of the time? Right. <laughs> I mean, it'd be great if you just moved somewhere and you were like, yeah, I got a good postal code just randomly. But it's like, <laughs> no, I have the money and I bought this. I bought <laughs> bought the postal code. <laughs> well, and, that, and that's fascinating to identify with your, your postal code so much, too, because I think in, in the U.S., it's I think we identify more with our area codes, if it's anything. Hmm. There's somebody from my hometown who they made their Twitter bio location the 630, which was our area code for the phones. But like, no, that, that, like identifying with that is more of a thing than than our i think our zip codes here that that is yeah that's a good point i've seen pe- quite a few i know quite a few people who have things like tattoos of their uh, hometown uh yeah. phone code the three numbers but what if it changes it could like split up <laughs> oh yes it could that's true <laughs> the next number here springs from the british postal system it's the year 1917 because before there was a full postal code system in the UK, there were a few postal districts in the big cities, starting with London. And in the year 1917, the British Royal Mail System introduced postal districts for the large UK city of Dublin. Because Dublin at the time was in the UK. Ireland was part of the UK. Uh, But they did this in 1917. Ireland almost immediately becomes independent. And then once they were independent... Yeah, it was like the next year, if my memory is correct. Did they do it because they didn't want postal codes? They're like, this is the last straw! Postal codes! Wait, am I wrong about that fact as well? Was it eight? Was it 1918? Or was it 1920? I think I've, was- got, I've got 1919, but I think there were demonstrations before that. And I, I feel like the oh, writing okay. was on the wall of, of 
Ireland would like out. And then the Royal Mail, meanwhile, was like, here's a bunch of systems for mail. You know, it was a very strange timing for this action in Dublin. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah the War of... In- yeah, I'm, I'm way off. The War of Independence was 1919 to 1921. You were very close. Very I close. should have known that. But yeah, and so then they, the Royal Mail tried to put postal districts into Dublin's mail in 1917. Ireland's immediately independent. And then from there, they they kind of kept those postal zones, but the Irish mail system just didn't really adopt that after that. They were like, okay, Britain, forget it. So were they like, no, we don't need postal codes. We're just going to go our own way. We've created symbols to represent different districts. So we're good. No need for numbers. Yeah, kind of. Well, it, uh, it leads us into our first takeaway of the main episode. Here we go into takeaway number one. Your national postal code system might be obsolete unless you live in Ireland. Oh, no. Because there's two things here. And one of them is that Ireland in 2015 introduced like a new way of doing postal codes that the rest of the world maybe should catch up to. I don't know if they like it, but it's more advanced. I am on the edge of my seat to know what this is. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a system called Air Codes, which is spelled E-I-R-C-O-D-E. Uh, like the, the oh air as in the 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 country rather than air as in the uh, yeah the part of that isn't the ground. Yeah, I checked I checked uh, the pronunciation in like an Irish news video, and I I kept hearing it as like AirPods, but that's just my dumb American uh, hearing yep. of it. <laughs> no, I think I think the pronunciation is pretty much the same. But yeah, and so until 2015, and partly from breaking away from the UK, the Republic of Ireland did not have a postal code system. They, they just had, you, you write down the street and the city and, you know, hopefully it gets there. They figure it out. That is such like a righteous decision. They're like, we're breaking off of the UK. This postal code they tried to introduce, we're never adopting it. Yeah. <laughs> Ever. No, no. All the ideas were bad from them. Yes, we're out. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And so in 2015, they used like the modern technology we have. They used computers and the internet and everything else. And they said, okay, this is a brand new air code system. They sent a piece of mail to every address in Ireland to tell them their air code. And the way the system works is that every address in all of Ireland has its own air code. So every location in all of Ireland has its own postal code now. So wait a minute. So it's like every building has their own number, like an address, if you will. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know if I'm quite grasping it at this point. Yeah, it's uh, according to Liam Duggan, who was an official with the consortium that developed it, quote, each air code can be mapped to show its precise location anywhere in the country. And and then as of 2016, with Google Maps, you can just type in the air code and get the address in Ireland, wherever it is. Wait, 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 wait. So like I could type an address like, I don't know, uh, 17 Rush Home and then boom, it would show up. Now you can type another address and that will also give you that building <laughs> yep yeah that's right yeah <laughs> so it's just two addresses yeah it's like a it's a smart code uh, is what they're calling it according to irish communications minister pat rabbit and maybe matt uh, matt can, does this make sense to you <laughs> um i i'm i i'm still i'm still stuck on the name pat rabbit <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I almost didn't want to say it. It's distracting. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Listen, he loves carrots. He's always making trouble in the garden. Because but... <laughs> Ireland ha- has had a, like, this huge tech boom in the last few decades. 
Yeah. Where a bunch of tech companies moved over to Ireland. That's where, uh, you know, a lot of their income has come from in the last 20, 30 years. And they're trying to make a big leap because, like, according to Quartz, there was no system before 2015. Also, 35% of houses in the country had didn't have a unique name or number, according to the government. Wow. And there are also, really? also a lot of anecdotes in this Quartz article of Irish people receiving a piece of mail that just has their name on it. And, like, there, there's no street address or nothing. Like, just the system <laughs> is handmade enough before this that people were like, oh, that guy? Okay, yeah, we can do that. And, and brought it to them. <laughs> okay, so, so this air code is also just, you know, a regular number for houses that didn't have one. Yeah, yeah. And it's a, a sequence of several letters and numbers. It's unique mm-hmm. for every address. And okay. okay, this makes a little bit more sense now. I'm following. Yeah, well, it's a leap. I, I could, I've never quite worked out what the deal is with this part of this, but America has five-digit zip codes, but also sometimes you get a longer zip code that some com- when you put your address... Oh, yeah, we don't talk about those. Those are like devil zip <laughs> <Yeah>. codes. <laughs> you don't want to go there. Don't want to say it, especially three times in the mirror, because, whoa, boy, you're going to have trouble. <laughs> but, like, I, I think... I, <laughs> I think the U.S. Postal Service does have like a kind of more drilled down specific code number for areas in the U.S. That's right. Like it, it has like the kind of general, it'll be like 90210-4145. Yeah, it's called a zip plus four. And the, the situation is the first three numbers of a zip code are the general area. The fourth and fifth numbers are a more specific area. And then that plus four is a specific mail route or a specific side of the street or some other element of the physical last delivery of the mail. Huh. Uh, and they tried to get everybody to start using all nine numbers, and Americans just refused. So, <laughs> really? So large businesses do it, but but Amer- just enough Americans refused to do it that they gave up. So you, like oh. everyone has this, everyone has one of these plus fours, but lots of people don't use them. Wait, when did they try to implement the plus four? In the 80s. Okay. Yeah, because every so often, if I'm putting my details into a website, like to to buy something or you know some kind of admin website, and I'll, I'll put in my my address, like my street address number, and then the zip code, and then it'll say like, uh, "Do you actually mean uh, <laughs> like nine oh two nine dash whatever the number is?" And then I just have to kind of go like, "Yeah, okay, probably, okay. yeah, I yeah." <laughs> have no way to correct you on this, so I'm just going to assume that's right. Yeah. You said they tried to bring it in the 80s. Did they bring back Mr. Zip, the zip code mascot? And he had like a backwards baseball cap and he was on like a skateboard. And the America was like, I will have none of this. Have you heard of this guy, Matt? Oh, I thought you were entirely inventing a thing right then. And I was impressed. Oh, no, no, no. When they uh, tried I'm still to impressed, but for different reasons. The postal code, they have, they brought this mascot character called Mr. Zip, which was just like, if you look him up, it looks like his back is broken and his like arms and legs are out <laughs> like this. So when. When I started this podcast, the first episode is about U.S. post offices, and partly to celebrate mm-hmm. doing it, I purchased a Mr. Zip t-shirt. I have a Mr. Zip t-shirt oh, at man. home. I'm not wearing it right now, sorry. But uh, yeah, it's, oh. he's he's weird and great. Yeah, and we'll talk about him a little later. And like for a while, if you got stamps in the States and you peeled the stamp off, Mr. Zip would be like looking at you underneath the stamp being like, yeah. better use that zip code. <laughs> he's always like running a little bit. He's always he's like <laughs> yeah. he's like the Heisman Trophy sort of. He's always like, ah, I'm up to stuff, you know? Yeah. yeah. But also like from Justin's description, like he's fun, but also carries a threat. 
Oh yes. yeah, definitely, definitely. Like, like he has a he has a sight. He can turn. Like he, he's just committed a crime. That's why he's running away with his like arms yeah. out like this. And he's like, "I'm coming for you if you don't write that zip code." <laughs> I I only really know of him because in the uh, episode of The Simpsons where um, they lose the rights to Itchy and Scratchy, they win the rights back and get a bunch of money by proving that Mr. Zip was a ripoff of Manic Mailman. <laughs> Which yeah. is another stick figure guy. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, but Mr. Zip will live in our hearts. I wonder if there's Mr. Zip tattoos out there. He's got I, a little hat too, like he's a train conductor. I'm very sure there must be. Yeah, I'm searching right now. <laughs> Mr. Zip tattoos. Oh, definitely. There's multiple that came out. Oh no. Ah, oh, he looks even more horrifying than I remember. He has like a big head and no neck. And it looks like he's like smelling the envelope that he's holding in his hands. Yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> well, we'll also we'll we'll come back to him a little bit later. I want to do one last thing with the the air codes, which is that. So it's the seven character thing, and it and the the US zip plus four is kind of a good touchstone. Like it's just enough characters where you can get really specific. But part of the reason air codes exist is that because of the internet and also satellites and and our ability to like globally position things there, there's an idea out there that now postal codes are obsolete you kind of you, know, you kind of don't need that you can just tell a computer the general geographic area this is in and it will calculate where it needs to be routed and and like postal codes are a less exact version of that from the past um, and there's also a, a great thing Matt sent me when he heard about this topic which is an app called What Three Words, which has geocoded the entire Earth in a way that we could. Like, we don't need to have postal codes anymore. We're done with it. I think it, it was originally a guy who promoted concerts, and he wanted a more accurate way to tell, like, the load-in crew exactly where, like, the, the gate is for the, for mm -hmm. the bands rather than, the, uh, yeah. rather than having to describe it. But this can now also be used in places around the world that don't necessarily have clear road systems and so on he he spoke to some mathematician who worked out that you only need three words to divide the entire world into is it is it square meter grids or is it like how, how big is each grid yeah and i and matt i should have told you we were diving into this today but i i pulled up their site no, and I... and it's every square is three meters on each side which is you know a little less than 10 feet three meters okay three meters yeah. by three meters so that's really quite specific for just and the, so it'll just be sort of three random seeming words. It'll be like a, you know, a potato bluff cabinet or whatever, and that those three <laughs> words are enough to right. narrow it down to not even like where which house, but like which part of the house. Uh, I would love to be able to write that like on letters, like oh, send it to the potato bluff cabinet uh, geo numbers, please. Yeah, yeah. I love how the concept promoters is refusing to like make me an app so the band start on time and we don't have to like sit there for 45 minutes he's like no no right. i don't want that i just want the geocode thing but it's also great for things like for, for things like music festivals or if you're having like a picnic in the park or like a birthday party in the park or whatever rather than going like all right it's by the lake uh it's in between the lake and the wood or next to the flag or whatever you can just go like all right now it's uh i feel like big companies would rather like chip us instead and it's like oh just go near this person just look in the system we're always tracking them now that everybody's <laughs> chipped <laughs> yeah it it basically is that powerful like like and i'll we'll have linked the site for people to look at it because it's as matt described like 
a, any building is a bunch of these squares. Like I, I looked up my apartment and it's several squares. I looked up which square I'm taping in, you know, and, and the what three words people say. <laughs> and you saw yourself like in the future. You're like, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like your, your front door might be like donkey wallpaper satisfaction. Uh, but you're uh, <laughs> but like your bedroom instead like not even just your bedroom like your bed well right <laughs> is donkey wallpaper satisfaction <laughs> yeah, yeah. it better be am i right so they, like, hey i don't know what that hey. means it's, it doesn't even mean anything yeah. but it sounds dirty when you say it it did yeah <laughs> yeah yeah and the what three words people say that their app is used daily in 193 countries uh, especially because they say that three quarters of the world's population doesn't have reliable mailing addresses. So you can just use this like they and you don't they didn't need to, like, send anyone any physical mail or a notice of it or anything. Just they took the earth, used the Internet and boom, they made it made it a grid. It's easy. Yeah. If you've got the app, I think if you've got the app loaded in your phone, you don't even need to be connected to Wi-Fi. Like it can tell you the uh, it could just use your GPS and tell you where you are. So if you, you know, let's say you're, you get lost while hiking in a bad signal area yeah. or you can find out exactly what three words you're in and then as long as you can get just just enough of a signal to send through a text yeah you, you can tell people exactly where you are to within a like three by three grid yeah and they can like rescue you i mean this seems like a great system but america will split up before they adopt it it's too <laughs> much people won't do it <laughs> Or, or it'll help. Like, separatists will be like, I have a square now. Goodbye, the other 49 <laughs> yeah. states. Yeah, they're <laughs> like, I'm a robot flamethrower cartwheel. Yeah. That's my I, square. And, no one's and I will take defend it, from... it to the death. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, all of these words are great, too. Like, I'm looking at where I live, and I just want to say it because it's fun to say. But I'm not but going if, to. Yeah, but if you say it, then people can pinpoint. You literally not just, know where I am. Yeah, yeah, like powerfully dox yourself. Not even your house number. They will know where you're, the room you're currently recording in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, the Predator drone listening to this will be like, got it. Great. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, no. Is this whole website made by some kind of like predatory organization that just wants to? <laughs> Who also puts on concerts. Oh, man. Like one of them. I'll change some words like. It's like donkey, curvy, water boat. It's like, ah, these words, whoever picked them, they're great. <laughs> they are very silly, yeah. Like, I, because I, mm. I wanted to find an example that's not where I'm sitting. Uh, I, the square for part of New York City's City Hall building is Clip Apple's Leap. So that's it. You like, can just have a meeting there. I'm looking here at a park, and it's Hips Allow Womb. Like, it no feels like way. somebody made that up, like, as a joke. <laughs> that park, that park is dirty. Don't go there. That's, yeah, that's my take stay out of there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's the nude park, the, the clothing option. Not a birth thing, you know? Uh, <laughs> yep. Next thing here is a big trumpet sound for a big takeaway. Before that, we're going to take a little break. We'll be right back. Back for another game. You know it. What's going on? Just one more week till Max Fun Drive. <laughs> Hard to believe. It's been a heck of a year since the last one. We're now a worker-owned co-op. We raised $50,000 for charity last year. And we've added a bunch of awesome new shows. But do you think we're ready to do it again? Absolutely. Lovely new gifts are lined up. The episodes will be amazing. And wait till everyone hears the bonus content. Yeah, plus they know to go to MaximumFun.org newsletter, so they're getting all the news. Oh, like that meetup day is on Thursday, March 21st. 
Then what's bothering you? Me? Oh, nothing. We're all set for Max Fun Drive to start on Monday, March 18th. I just didn't want you to see this coming. Check. What? Hang on! It's hard to explain what happens on Jordan Jesse Go. So, I had my kids do it. Saying swear words. Saying swear words. Yeah, um, bad jokes. Bad jokes? Bad jokes. Maybe it's like you tell people that you're going to interview them, and then you just stay there like like really quiet and try and creep them out. <laughs> it's just really boring. Because of Jordan, right? Not me. Because of both of you. Oh. Subscribe to Jordan Jesse Go, a comedy show for grown-ups. And then the the other thing with these future codes is even though they are like constructed in a better way than anything before, like the the air code in Ireland, they're finding that people are kind of slow to adopt it. Uh, the Irish Times in 2017 found out that, among other things, Ireland's National Postal Service is not yet using it for local deliveries, which... <laughs> so when you say people, you actually mean the organization that brought it in? Yes. Yeah, the government who is meant to use it doesn't use it. Yeah, and they, <laughs> they pointed out that the government spent 38 million euros laying this out, and so it's weird that the postal system isn't using it yet. They're upset about that element. Listen, right? listen. Yeah. Take Mr. Zip out of mothballs, bring him back, Ireland. <laughs> but, like, actually, I, th this brings us into the other main takeaway of the show. Takeaway number two. It's been difficult to get any countries on board with using postal codes, and for a couple reasons. And the main stories here are the U.S. and Canada, and the U.S., one, one strategy they use to, to make zip codes what they are now is Mr. Zip. Like, they had to do the labor of cartoon characters and, and PSAs and begging to, to, like, get people to do this system. <laughs> is Mr. Zip like, please, they're going to kill my family. <laughs> Don't think they're going to hurt me. Why would you just not put it? It's he, so easy. He tries every kind of tactic. He tries begging, cajoling, <laughs> threatening. Like, what, what, has the, what has the best... Like, what persuades people the best? Is it, like, do we, do, do we like, angry Mr. Zip? Like, there's, test, there's like, yeah, test, like, test labs audience. where they have, like, focus groups. Like, does Mr. Zip have the biggest uptick when you feel like he hates you or he loves you? Like, yeah, is like, he how, how buff does Mr. Zip need to be? <laughs> yeah. Like, if he's, like, ripped, is it like you want to trust him more? Or is he more wily, like an assassin? <laughs> is it, like, Zip? a slovenly Mr. Zip? Yeah. That way, like, yeah. people will... You know, buy into it more. It's like a cook. You don't want a thin cook. He probably doesn't enjoy what he eats then. Yeah. <laughs> or is he sexy? Do we, we try sex? Let's try. We'll try sexy today and see if that has any kind of uptake. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see what he's zipping. I mean, I, you think Mr. Zip? People would buy into him if he had like a monocle and like a top hat. It's like oh, I want to be like Mr. Zip. Look how refined he is. <laughs> like Mr. Peanut esque. Rest in peace, Mr. Peanut. <laughs> I feel like if they had done, like, an animated children's cartoon with Mr. Zip, like, he's going on adventures, and, like, at the end, he needs the zip code at the every, at the end of every episode, <laughs> kids would be like, oh, yeah, I get zip codes now. Um, by the way, this is a fun trivia question, uh, just vaguely, vaguely on topic, but it, on what eye does uh, the, the Monopoly man wear his monocle? I don't oh, know. no idea. I thought it was just for show so he can switch them out. Do you know which eye? I, I, I know the answer. Do you, do, do you, do you want to take a guess? Uh, left. The answer is neither. He does not have a monocle. People just I think knew he does. that was the answer. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, who's getting surprised all the time and dropping their monocle if not the Monopoly man? 
Guys, I have a lot of tattoos to change. Uh, we should take this later, the rest of the show. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm covered in you're tattoos like, of him with a you're monocle. Like looking in the mirror, your big Monopoly Man tattoo you have on your arm. <laughs> this is a huge disaster for me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> My Mr. Zip is still okay. Monopoly Man, mm, broken. Uh, no, yeah, Mr. Zip's good. <laughs> buff, sexy Mr. Zip. Of course. Buff, sexy, lot. threatening. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like sexy, but threatening, but in a nice way. Like, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Very market tested. I would love if, like, Mr. Zip came back. You know, when they tried to introduce the plus four, but it's, like, not Mr. Zip. It's, like, his younger, cooler, like, cousin or something like that. Like, scruff to McGruff the crime dog. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, hey, radical. You know what's better than just uh, normal postcodes? Four more of them. Woo, cowabunga. (laughs) You want to do whippets? (laughs) Oh, my God. Things got dark with, um, what was it? It's, like, a Mr. Zip Jr., <laughs> He's like, uh, Mr. Zip's my father's name. Call me Zip. <laughs> and Mr. Zip, he was a core part of. We're, we're mainly going to talk about the efforts of the U.S. and Canada to convince their populations to do a postal code. But um, this cartoon character was one of the key ones in the U.S. They also uh, they they fully implemented a zip code in the U.S. in 1963. That was when it rolled out. Uh, so in you know in in some people's lifetimes listening to this that that was when we started having them. Do you think like Mr. Zip in the commercials he was like smoking? He's like, Ugh, nothing goes better down qu- uh, smooth than a cool zip code and a drag of my <laughs> Lucky Strike cigarette, <laughs> like the Flintstones. You know what else doctors recommend? <laughs> As one of these delicious Marlboros. <laughs> and like Mr. Zip is like crossing I over can... with the Flintstones and stuff like that. He's like, we're inventing the zip code, Barney. <laughs> hmm. Sorry, I'm just imagining like Mr. Zip Mania, like Beatlemania. It's like Zip Mania. Yeah. <laughs> People can't get enough of Mr. Zip. And then the original Mr. Zip develops a drinking problem and they just have to quietly face him out and replace him and hope no one notices. Right. Yeah, with the character just called Zip. It's like, oh, I remember Mr. Zip being different. Didn't he have a monocle or something? It's like, oh no, he never had a monocle. Just like the original Monopoly man yeah. that they kind of like phased out. <laughs> Yeah, he did. He had a monocle and a slightly sort of red complexion. (laughs) And like Al Capish complexion on his face. Uh, It was a different time. And he wasn't allowed to drive. We remember Mr. Zip. He was not allowed to drive. (laughs) (laughs) Right, that's why he's a letter carrier. He had to give up the van. (laughs) Poor guy. And uh, and with Mr. Zip and the other uh, attempts they made, they were also hoping it would go smoothly because one of the big inspirations for U.S. postal codes was West Germany. West Germany as a country put in postal codes in 1961. They achieved 80% adoption within one year. So people were like, we'll just do a West Germany. We'll do that. It's going to be great. Uh, and then it was a <laughs> lot harder. Germans don't need some kind of cartoon mascot to persuade them to. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the, 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 the equivalent German campaign was, uh, we're using these postcodes now. And, uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, no problem. Sounds good. <laughs> and so they did a, a cartoon campaign around Mr. Zip, the friendly zip code guy. They also uh, created a band called the Swinging Six. And the Swinging Six made musical PSAs about zip codes. 
So they, <laughs> there's, we'll link for people. There's this whole show that Swinging Six put on to promote them. And then with, despite all that promotion, it took a ton of federal effort to get people on board. According to John Kelly of the Washington Post, zip codes rolled out in 1963, but it took until the late 1960s for most Americans to start using them. Until then, people were like, I don't know, I could take or leave this. I don't know. I mean, wouldn't the mail just bounce back? And once it starts to bounce back, you're like, oh, maybe I should start using zip codes because they're not <laughs> going to accept it if I don't write them down. Yeah, I feel like there's a every country needed to hit a tipping point with its postal codes where mm. they where your mail stops getting delivered if you don't use them. And at every country, there's initially this like liminal period where you can just get away with it. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Until they're like, no, nope, we just ripped your, your letter up. And I sent a video of us just ripping your letter up and sent it back to you. <laughs> That's how you know you didn't get it. You didn't write that damn postal code on it. We've had the system. You've had the system. You've had the zip. Yeah. yeah that's yeah. right. If, if you, you, we've had decades of Mr. Zip now, and if you don't know by now, you're on your own. We are burning your engagement cards. Yeah, Mr. Zip, you get a photo of him, like, destroying your letter at the door where it's supposed to go. Yeah. They're yeah. like, oh, we could have done this, but we didn't because uh, you didn't write that postal code down. Oh, I tried to warn you. <laughs> I warned you on TV. I warned you in newspaper adverts. I warned you in your dreams. Remember your dreams when I appeared to warn you? <laughs> I warned you through song? There's a whole yeah. band. There was six Mr. The six. Zips. The Red. Zips. How much more? How much more does Mr. Zip have to do? <laughs> no, there isn't a Mrs. Zip anymore. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> You know, Mr. Zip, he sleeps in a race car bed every night. Where do you sleep? Can I borrow a zip code? Yeah, just (laughs) going around Springfield. You know what we landed on? It's just patheticness. Mr. Zip has no dignity. That's That's how we're going to get people to use zip codes. They're just embarrassed by him. They'd rather he leave. Yeah. Yeah. So they'll just start using zip codes. Hey, I'm just going to keep showing up until you learn. (laughs) Mr. Zip, have you been wearing the same clothes for weeks now? Who cares, man? Who cares? Hey, hey, I tried to order new clothes, but someone didn't know how to send clothes properly through the mail. (laughs) Mr. Zip lives a all-mail-based life where he's like, if you don't write it, I can't get it. I'm so hungry. You're not writing the zip code. <laughs> <laughs> also, uh, one one more group that Mr. Zip would have yelled at is the White House, because there was there was an embarrassing stage of U.S. zip code adoption where they started them in 1963. And then in June 1965, President Lyndon Johnson had to order federal agencies to start using zip codes, please, because they weren't doing it yet. And then oh from God. there, people found out that the White House stationery had the address, but not the zip code 20500. They <laughs> skipped it. Uh, so the White House wasn't doing it. And then later on, when the next administration came under Richard Nixon, they also found out that Nixon was not using it. And then he had to start having people do it. There were, like the, Even the federal government was like, come on, come on, man. Not doing there's, this. There's only one way to solve this. Yeah. Mr. Zip for president. <laughs> he has a bit libertarian leanings, but listen, it's the only way we're going to get to full zip code adopting <laughs> adoption. Uh, and then uh, the other adoption story is Canada. And uh, Canada is sort of a, 
it's a little bit of a different case because it's much more of a labor struggle thing. Because in in the U.S., uh, it, we won't go way into detail on it, but there's an amazing book called Undelivered by historian Philip F. Rubio. It's about the history of the USPS. And he talks about like strikes they did in the 1970s to get a lot of a lot more rights and better wages. And then when zip codes came along, it was kind of too late for them to stop that mechanizing some of their job and, and eliminating a few postal jobs. But Canada, they didn't start rolling out postal codes until 1971. And according to a bunch of sources, mainly the CBC here, the Canadian Union of Postal Workers openly boycotted the postal code system and like battled it for years because they were afraid of it, like mechanizing mail sorting and removing some jobs. But then you had people at the post office actively sabotaging the postal code system because they didn't want it to be used, which is amazing. Oh, that's amazing. So how did they finally, uh, they didn't crack down on the unions, did they, to finally get Canada to adopt the postal codes? Yeah, it's it's unclear. It definitely led to more negotiations to like hopefully mm-hmm. protect workers in other ways. But the yeah. Canadian union was basically agitating and threatening strikes from the start of postal codes in 1971 all the way into 1976. And uh, there were things like the Canadian Union of Postal Workers spokesman Jean-Claude Perrault who told reporters that the union was not opposed to progress, but, quote, postal workers don't have the real right to negotiate the effect of automation. And then, according to the CBC, Montreal postal workers started deliberately delaying any mail that had a postal code on it. They said, if you <laughs> don't write them. a postal code, we'll put it through. And yeah. then and then a union leader there named Marcel Perrault openly told the press that they would, quote, take all means to give more rapid service to those who support us in this campaign, end quote. Like they told everybody, don't put a code on it. We will not help you. We are mad about yeah, this and system. That, that effort was led by the evil Mr. Piz. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, like a bizarro? Like, he had like a yeah. mustache and like a Quebec accent. <laughs> you again. <laughs> who needs postal codes don't even put addresses on it it's more work more jobs right (laughs) mr zip he's a drunk not me i'm a cool guy (laughs) and then they battle like in the last episode of an anime where they explode and they're both gone wait do they become like more powerful like they're all like oh (laughs) (laughs) and uh and also the union was being Smart, I think, because we'll link an amazing, it's a piece of archival footage from the CBC from 1952. So this is 20 years before. Um, and it's a video Canada Post made of like an experimental mail sorting machine that they're very proud oh. of. And then, is it like evil though? Is it like it starts to like kill people and stuff like that? Okay. They're like no automation, <laughs> right? <laughs> but the, it's got like a chipper '50s announcer, and he describes it as having a brain. He describes it as having a memory. And the last line, <laughs> the last line of this like film strip thing is is this quote: "One machine doing the work of five hundred human sorters, and it never forgets. It never so, like, forgets." Happiness, pain, <laughs> sorrow, want. Yes, we built a machine to feel all human emotions. Why? It wouldn't do a good job if it didn't feel pain. <laughs> yeah, 
Well, they and they had like so they're the Canada Post people were like openly saying we would really like to mechanize some jobs away. And so they were they struck. Like they, they were like, obviously, we're going to sabotage this every way we can. Automation is terrible. Soon, just robots will be podcasting and making jokes and humans will be completely out of the equation. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We could be robots right now. The person listening couldn't even know. What if Mr. Piz was a drunk? <laughs> Why would he be a drunk? <laughs> but uh, and Canadian postal codes just were also really slow to take off. By the end of 1974, according to the Montreal Gazette, only 38.2% of Canadians were using them. So three years in, you know, maybe more than a third, not a lot more than a third were actually using them. Uh, and so in other countries too, I'm sure there's a similar history of like the government tried to do a postal code and for one reason or another, people were like, I don't want to, or I want to fight for postal jobs or something about this bugs me. No way. Just any kind of change. And they're like, no, thank you. Nope. Yeah. Don't want to do it. <laughs> any little <laughs> extra effort. Yeah. You added an extra stair? I'm not going up that stairway anymore. <laughs> you have to carry me. Do it. Uh. <laughs> And Mr. Zip is like, fine. And he uses his crazy cocaine energy. Uh, Oh, man. Mr. Zip moved to like alcohol to cocaine. (laughs) That's true. I'm sorry. Bad news. Uh (laughs) (laughs) That's why he's always running. That is the main episode for this week. My thanks to Justin DeClue and to Matt Kirshen for letting me mine their backgrounds in Canada and in the UK, and then for bringing so much to the table beyond that. Anyway, I said that's the main episode because there is more secretly incredibly fascinating stuff available to you right now. If you support this show on Patreon.com, patrons get a bonus show every week where we explore one obviously incredibly fascinating story related to the main episode. This week's bonus topic is something we foreshadowed. We're talking about the weird and wonderful ways postal codes function for letters to Santa Claus. Visit sifpod.fun for that bonus show, for a library of four dozen other bonus shows, and to back this entire podcast operation. And thank you for exploring Postal Codes with us. Here's one more run through the big takeaways. Takeaway number one, your national postal code system might be obsolete unless you live in Ireland. And takeaway number two, it's been difficult to get any countries on board with using postal codes for a couple different reasons. Those are the takeaways. Also, please follow my guests. They're great. Justin DeClue is a filmmaker. We'll have links about that. And then he's a podcaster. He co-hosts the podcast The Important Cinema Club, and he co-hosts the podcast No Such Thing as a Bad Movie. I particularly enjoyed the episode of that second show about the adventures of Ford Fairlane, because, you know, gotta explore the dice man. And then Matt Kirshen is a stand-up comedian, TV comedy writer, and a tremendous podcaster. We'll have links to his stand-up videos. Also have a link for Probably Science, which is a wonderful podcast he makes with the great Andy Wood. I don't know if you've heard the Nobel Prizes episode of this podcast with both Matt and Andy. You can hear them both exploring the latest headlines about science and, you know, with some skepticism in a good way. Uh, You can hear them doing that every week on Probably Science. Many research sources this week. 
Here are some key ones. A great article from Quartz.com, it's called Ireland is just now getting around to introducing postal codes, and that's by Kabir Chibber. Also linking an internet service, it's called What Three Words? Uh, Matt Kirshen is the one who gave me the tip on it, and it is just fascinating to see how that system can work, you know, for, the, for wherever you are in the entire world. And then a ton of Canadian sources in this episode. One of them is the CBC, linking to their archives for a chilly reception for the postal code. It's about workers boycotting the system in 1972. Also leads to links for the, you know, mechanical sorter video from the 1950s. Find those and many more sources in this episode's links at sifpod.fun. And beyond all that, our theme music is Unbroken, Unshaven by the Budos Band. Our show logo is by artists Burton Durand. Special thanks to Chris Souza for audio mastering on this episode. Extra, extra special thanks go to our patrons. I hope you love this week's bonus show. And thank you to all our listeners. I'm thrilled to say we will be back next week with more Secretly Incredibly Fascinating. So how about that? Talk to you then.